0: What's going on, everyone? Bryce from Jurassic Views, Ottawa's Raptors podcast. It's four o'clock, and it's happy hour. I'm drinking a crisp, clean Bellwoods Pilsner. Shout out to Bellwoods for making great beers. Um, hey, by the way, Bellwoods, if you're listening, I'd be happy to to market your beer, rep your beer, not just on the pod, but in Ottawa. Anyways, y'all, I'm having happy hour because it's just too close to last night's game to be to be sad. It's too close to to really dive into what happened last night. Um, but I will say, the last four games, our defense has looked about as bad as the 2015 Raptors. I'm talking Gravis Vargas. I'm talking DeMar DeRozan and Lou Williams. That defense was terrible. And it cost us uh, a a Wizards loss, a loss to the Wizards in the playoffs. They handed us a sweep. And it caused a five-game losing streak before the sweep. So it's like a nine-game losing streak. And last night's game, uh, our defense looked so bad that I'm worried about our chemistry. I'm worried about our team morale. I'm beginning, as I, I, I think I've said this on the pod, but I'm beginning to worry about Nick Nurse and his staff. But before I go you know, panic mode, doomsday, because um, I don't actually think we need to do that just yet, I will say there are some trends. Number one, defensively, as a whole unit, we look terrible. Number two, we are missing a bona fide center who still has quicks and who has size and smarts. Christian Coloco, I love him. I think he'll be that kind of guy maybe two or three years from now. Thad Young is an undersized center who's just older. He doesn't have the athleticism he used to have. Um, he's smart. He's got some strength, but he has no hops and no size. Chris Boucher, they call him Slim Duck for a reason. Uh, I think he's the epitome of undersized center. He can stretch the floor, but he's more of a four. And he's not going to be able to fill that void for us on the starting lineup. It's nice. It's gimmicky. I, I think we've got to the end of the road with the small lineup of Siakam, Barnes, Van Vliet, Trent Jr., and OG Ananobi. And we need a bonafide center. And when I look at this team, there's a lot of good things about this team. Um, But there are two glaring, obvious problems, even if we didn't have injuries, which is a thing, and we'll get to that in a second. But outside of having a bonafide center, we don't have knockdown guys. And that's partly because we have few um, shot creators. We have few just like great scorers. Guys who can create on their own. And if there's a double team that we got backups um, in terms of scoring. And, and we saw in the Warriors, they have a Jordan Poole. Obviously, they have Klay Thompson, and that's when Wiggins and Steph Curry are out. Um, You look at that Sacramento team the other night, not a great team, just an average team. And uh, outside of De'Aaron Fox, they had Sabonis. but they also had Malik Monk and Terrence Davis, who's gaining in confidence and making buckets. And he's always been a guy who's streaky, but he's a guy who can score and he can create his own shot. Um, you look at the Orlando Magic, the young Benchero, or Benquero, however you pronounce it. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's a guy who can do that. Um, Suggs, I think, can do a little bit of that. Wagner, uh, Franz Wag- Wagner can do that as well. Um, so there's guys on every team that we've lost to, and just guys in the league, right? And it's it's tough, how little shot-making and shot-creating we have outside of Fred and Pascal. Now, you could make an argument for Gary. Um, You could make an argument in certain matchups for OG and for Scotty, but at the end of the day, it it rests too heavy on Pascal and Fred for sure. And you just need knockdown scores to help those guys, both in the first unit and the second unit. And with our chemistry, with the questions around our defense, with all the injuries that we've suffered from, I think we definitely need at least one vet who can score the basketball. Now, there's all kinds of guys in the league that are going to be available. There's been talk of Eric Gordon. Uh, Obviously, there's Gordon Hayward, although I wouldn't want him on my team. Terry Rozier is out there. Um, Mike Conley is another guy who's a vet point guard who can who can hit threes fairly well, over 40% last season. There's lots of guys in this league um, who are playing on teams that are not going to be contending for a championship and probably will be more play-in teams, if not below that. And so the Raptors have some decisions to make. And for me personally, there's no way we're busting up this team. I'm not saying there's not big trades coming, but there's no way we're busting up this team. Pascal Siakam is a number 12 guy in the league. How many teams can say they have a number 12 guy? Um, A top 12 guy in the league? Very few. Some teams have two top 12 guys. Now, how many teams can say, we've got a, a, a top 12 guy and we have a top 20 guy? You know, you could argue Jimmy Butler when he's on and Bam Adebayo are that... Um, I would say, you know, they're probably just outside of that, but come playoff time, yeah, they can, they can be a a top 12 guy and a top 20 guy. Um, you know, not even the Golden State Warriors can't even say that. Steph Curry's Mm -hmm. probably a top five, top six guy. Um, but there's nobody else who's in the top 20 on that team. As good as Jordan Poole can play, as we saw last night. He's just not a top 20 guy consistently night in, night out. Um, Dallas doesn't have that, although they have a top five player. Um, I think you can say that about Philly. But when you go down the list of the teams, there's not too many teams that have a top 12 guy and a top 12 and a top 20. And Scotty Barnes is a guy who a lot of people think he could be a top 20, top 25 guy. And I think that's legitimate, but it's still two years away. Pastel's, Pascal's going to still be top 10, top 15 guy two years from now. He is. He's just too good athletically. Um, he's just, you know, too smart and too interested in getting better and better in this league. And with him turning 29, and a lot of guys in their prime from 29 to 33, and Pascal's been a late bloomer, Pascal has a lot of size and speed. Um, and doesn't need uh, a lot of verticality to score like a guy like Ja Morant does and a guy like Derrick Rose did, Pascal Siakam's in a really good spot to be uh, an elite player, top 15 guy for the next three, four years. So you're not going to get rid of Pascal. You're not going to get rid of Scottie because you believe in him too much in both of them. And OG... Just represents the type of guy that, you know, pairs so well, fits so well with Scotty, OG, and the coaching staff. So I think those guys are locks. I think those guys are untouchable, personally, especially the way they've played this season. And Scotty hasn't even been his best, but you can, there's glimpses, right? There's glimpses. I think Fred is a guy they're not going to move. And again, I think they still need to take a look at this lineup when it's healthy. But because of how much they need a bona fide, smart, good defensive, seven foot big who's, you know, again, got those veteran abilities and consistencies. I think Gary Trent Jr. is going to be on the trade block. I really do. I'm not saying it's it's necessary. I'm saying I think it's a, there's a high probability. And it's interesting when you think about Gary Trent Jr. because he offers many teams, including to some extent ours, um, a shot creator who can be both a third scorer in a starting lineup or be a, a first Score a first option coming off your bench. Guy's only 23 years old. He's got a huge upside. Um, it's been talked a lot about that he's like you know, a Jamal Crawford type. He's not a huge guy, but has lots of uh, skills, lots of uh, smarts in his shot creation, great footwork. Much like a Lou Williams as well. Undersized guy, kind of a combo guard, more of a two, even though he's the size of a one. And he can get his shot off really well. And as he gets older and wiser and and more savvy, crafty, he's going to be like those two guys. They've been six men of the year, right? Lou Williams multiple times. Um, so I, I, I think he's the guy that gets targeted. And I think he could do some great things with Toronto, but I think he wants to start. I don't think he wants to come off the bench. Um, and that you know i don 't know him personally, so that 's hard to say, but he had such a good season last year and and unfortunately, he was injured in the playoffs he wasn 't hundred percent he got sick, I think actually, and then he tweaked his ankle maybe a little bit, but it wasn 't hundred percent, and obviously, they could still keep him, but I just feel like that center spot, that defensive side of the ball along with our low morale and low chemistry, I just think Gary's Gary's a little behind. He's on the outside looking in. And so when I think of his salary and I match him up with um, a a second-round draft pick, maybe even a first-round draft pick, but a second-round draft pick, the fact that his contract is expiring and whoever trades for him gets his bird rights, I really think that a good trade Is for Jakob Pertle. Now, Jakob Pertle makes about half of Gary Trent Jr. So you got to send somebody else as part of the deal, especially if you're going to send a draft pick with Gary Trent Jr. A guy who's on that San Antonio Spurs team, you know, 28, 29 years old, who is a vet, who I think could really help our backcourt off the bench, you wouldn't have any pressure to play Malachi Flynn or Delano Banton is Josh Richardson. And the salaries match up. Now, here's the other good thing about Jakob Pertle and Josh Richardson. They're on expiring contracts. The salaries match up. you got lots of flexibility with them. You could always re-sign them. And and especially Jakob Pertle, I think that's a good deal. He's obviously played with the team. He knows Nick Nurse. He's very good friends with Pascal Siakam. And I think that that could be a really good pick. pick Pickup for us. Thad Young is not the answer. He could be a good second unit guy. But with Boucher, Achua, and Otto Porter, I think Thad gets knocked out. I think Wancho even gets knocked out in a nine-man rotation. And along with those guys that I just mentioned, Boucher at that stretch five, Precious at the four, and Otto Porter Jr. at the three, you put Josh Richardson and either Pascal or Fred in that lineup um, to kind of offset things in that first unit as you're rotating the first unit back into the ball game. I think that's a really good balanced group. Josh Richardson's not a particularly great shooter, but if you have Fred on the floor and uh, you've got Otto Porter, Chris Boucher, you've got three marksmen, right? And Josh Richardson, he can can make a shot. He's not as good as Gary Trent Jr., but he's not supposed to be. Um, He's better than Delano Banton. He's probably most games, especially in a playoff setting because he's experienced at it. He's going to be more effective than Malachi Flynn. And Malachi's gotta do too much playmaking. That's what his role is. You're not gonna put him as a two guard, unless you have Pascal. No, it's not impossible, it's not out of the realm of imagination, but I think getting past, it's getting Pertle is an answer to our problems, to our, our, our one of our biggest problems. The other thing is that Malachi and Kem Birch I personally um, think that their days are going to be done pretty soon, too. Ken Birch just hasn't recovered from his injury. He's an undersized center again. And he doesn't offer you ball handling, playmaking. He's not really a high IQ guy, nor is he a vocal guy. And unfortunately, I I don't think he's helping in the locker room either. And I don't know, again, I don't know that intimately. I have no concrete evidence I just think that's probably the case. And so who do you go after with Ken Birch and Malachi Flynn on the trade blocks? Well, I think you got to go for another shooter. And maybe that's the answer to Josh Richardson. Maybe Josh Richardson just gets waived. I'd keep him personally, um, especially for the regular season. Um, You want a guy like him in the lineup. But I think you got to get that extra shot maker. Now, I, I can't remember how much... Um another former Raptor, uh, Terrence Ross mix, but he might be an interesting guy to be in the mix. Um again, Mike Conley, uh, I think is in the mix. Just depends how many draft picks you want to give up. But I think at this time in the season, at this point in those guys' careers, I think likely Malachi, but for sure Kem is gonna be gone as well. Um Now, listen, everybody that's healthy and we play 20 games, we may go 9 and 11, we may go 10 and 10, but I think it's a higher probability we go 12 and 8. And if we catch a couple breaks and we get some momentum going and the morale's back in the room and Nick's able to play his style and we all, all the guys answer the bell and that defense gets to its potential. Well, who knows? Maybe it's 13 and 7, 14 and 6. Now we're talking about a team who's back into probably that six seed. Maybe even we catch the five seed. Still a long way to go in the season. But as I drink my crisp, clean Pilsner from Bellwoods, I'm having happy hour. And I'm going to stay bright. I'm going to stay optimistic. I'm going to stay with a belief that this team, not just for this year when they're healthy, but for for seasons going forward, next season and the 2025 season, there's no reason to break this team up. And the truth is, who else in the East is going to be around for for two or more years? This season, next season, yeah, I can see Brooklyn doing all right. But I could also see them... Kind of starting to fade away, right? Royce O'Neal doesn't have two more years left in him at a, at a high level. Um, I don't even think Kevin Durant has two good seasons after this one that are at a high high level where they're competing for a championship. I, I personally don't. Um, he's just turned 34. You know, it's hard to be at a high level after 35. It really is. So he's got one more good year. So you're looking at Milwaukee and Boston for sure. And pro- probably Cleveland. But after that, Miami doesn't look good long term. Um, Atlanta has a lot of question marks. You know, we want not talk about a team blowing up. I'd blow up Atlanta before I would Toronto. Easily. Chicago doesn't look really good. Um, they've got lots of gaps. Vucevic and DeMar aren't getting any younger. Um, I think DeMar's probably got a year or two left in him that's really high level, but I don't think Vooch does. So who, who's competing with us? I, I don't believe in the Knicks. I usually don't, but I don't believe in the Knicks. Um, I don't think they're going to have many more guys besides Mitchell Robinson, Jalen Brunson, and, and R.J. Barrett after this season. I, I, can't, I don't see Julius Randle hanging around that much longer um, after this season they need they need better guys they need guys that are faster and, and can do many different things I don't think Julius Randle's the I don't believe in the Philadelphia 76ers I don't believe in the long term of the Brooklyn Nets, I really don't maybe they'll have a good run this season maybe they'll surprise us Maybe maybe they'll even be good next year. Maybe Ben Simmons gets going and they'll be good next year. That third year, 2025 playoffs, I don't believe in them. Boston, Milwaukee, yes. They've got the strength going forward. Cleveland, yeah, they got s- some real strong guys. So there's three teams. After that, it's wide open. And I think the Raptors are as good as Cleveland. I really do. And we've already beat them twice when we're healthy. But I think we're just as good as Cleveland. And depending on what happens with um, Evan Mobley and Scottie Barnes, that could be the difference, right? And I, as good as Donovan Mitchell is, and as important as he's been to their team, i take Pascal over him any day. Because he can play, uh, Pascal can play both ends of the court. He can playmake at the three levels. And his three-point shot's starting to fall. And now he's starting to be a score, a threat from three levels. So I don't I don't think they have a guy who's a top 12. And I I'm betting on Scotty over Evan Mobley, even though they're gonna be probably really close. So There's no reason to just throw this team away, as some are saying, especially Kevin O'Connor, who I just think is just trying to get hits. You know, he's just trying to get people to talk about him, which I guess he won because we're talking about him on the pod and other people are tweeting about him. But yeah, I'd be curious how you're feeling. Are you ready to hit the panic button? Are you ready to blow this team up? Are you ready to make tweaking trades? Are you exhausted? Are you done with this team? Is this team broken? What, what's your feelings? What are your perspectives? Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. Um, yeah, we love the interactions, guys. Um, looking forward to next week. Uh, Aldo Borovier finally is going to be on the pod with Courtney and I. Looking forward to Christmas Day. Look out for the Christmas Day episode. Um, Zion and I will be watching some Christmas Day games, and we'll be talking about how how great Christmas Day is for the NBA fan base and uh, some of the games in the past that we really love from those Christmas Day games. So, and maybe where the season heads and, and the matchups um, that, that are coming this Christmas. All right, y'all, much love. Enjoy the week. Catch up to you real soon. Peace money of fashion, how arts? So here's the arts.